G'day there. Yeah, you. You look like a cutting-edge medical imaging professional. Come in and leave your busy, stressful job at the door because you're about to join us in the Dose of Dad Club where we fuse radiation with recreation. It's time for the Dose of Dad podcast. And here's my dad. I just love it when medical imaging professionals find an opportunity to help others through education. As a community which is constantly changing and developing, education is something we find ourselves either receiving or giving on a regular basis. Today, I'm joined by a couple of radiologists from San Francisco and uh, California who are involved in education both locally and overseas, and they're filling a desperate need for radiological training in developing countries. This podcast is proudly supported by Infused Coffee Roasters in Tasmania, Australia. For a limited time, order a bag of KVP Coffee, a blend specially roasted to support the production of this podcast. Any profits raised from this exceptional blend go towards producing this episode. So if you'd like to support the podcast and impress your colleagues at work with a bag of KVP Coffee, follow the links at www.doseofdad.club and order a bag today. Infused Coffee are a multi-award winning boutique coffee roastery in the northwest of Tasmania. So when you're in the area, say hi to the head roaster Rob Simpson, who's robust yet surprisingly delicate, just like the coffee beans he meticulously sources. Where radiation meets recreation. Welcome to the Dose of Dad Club. Now if you're a returning listener, thanks very much for coming back. Um, Your support and feedback really means a lot. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast where we get an opportunity to learn a little bit more about our colleagues in the medical imaging community who do that a little bit more than just medical imaging. Today, I'm proud and very privileged to be joined by not just one, but two very eminent radiologists from San Francisco and California. Both are based at the University of California in San Francisco, UCSF, and both are very actively involved in research and education. Welcome to the show, uh, Dr. Bill Dillon and Dr. Bhavya Rahani. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, now, my first question, I guess it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd one, I guess, but just before we get started straight up, before we get to the, to the proper interview, a bit off the subject, but if you guys could be any superhero of your choice, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a superhero, who would it be, do you reckon? Just a, just a one-word answer, just a quickie. Oh, that's uh, a, that was a question I wasn't expecting. Yeah. yeah, a bit of an odd one, just to start there, just to throw a curveball at the start. Oh, man. I don't know any superheroes. I don't know any superheroes, too. Oh, that's amazing. All right, no worries. Well, we'll skip, we'll skip that one. If something comes to you as we go, let me know. But uh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we'll start, we'll start with you anyway. Uh, anyway, Bill, you know, you're a, you're a, a world-renowned uh, professor of neuroradiology. Um, you're currently the Executive Vice Chair of Radiology and Biomedical Imaging at UCSF, um, and you've held many varied, varied positions on countless boards and societies, including a past presidency of the American Society of Head and Neck Radiology and the American Society of Neuroradiology. And uh, I understand you've even been elected as one of the best doctors in America every year since 1995. Um, now, we'll get to rise in a minute, but just before we do... Can you give me a bit of an idea of the behind-the-scenes version of Dr. Bill Dillon? Things like, you know, where you grew up and what, what sort of led you to medicine in the first place? 
Okay. Uh, well, I grew up in the Bay Area of uh, California, so uh, I'm a, a relatively local guy. My father actually grew up here in San Francisco, and uh, his father and mother came over from Ireland, so I'm half Irish. And my mother uh, came here just after World War II, um, kind of a black sheep from Gary, Indiana. She, she actually, black sheep from the standpoint of... Um, one of the first people in her family to leave that area. She was um, uh, Croatian by, by background, and uh, they met here in uh, San Francisco and fell in love and uh, raised a family of four. I was the oldest in uh, uh, a local uh, suburb of San Francisco. And um, then when I, uh, so I was trained, um, you know, in high school and uh, college, I went to the University of Santa Clara, then matriculated to UCLA, where I did my medical degree in Los Angeles. Uh, and I thought I would be um, an internist. So I started a residency up at Virginia Mason Hospital in Seattle. And for a variety of reasons, just felt um, like uh, it you know, internal medicine, although I really enjoyed it, wasn't uh, really speaking to me. And I found myself in the radiology department frequently making uh, or helping uh, them helping my patients uh, with the diagnosis. And I got intrigued uh, by that and decided to um, explore it further. I really liked anatomy. And so to make long story short, I uh, found myself in a uh, spot that opened up at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, so a few states over from California, where I was a radiology resident, and uh, they had a very strong neuroradiology program there, and I very much enjoyed uh, neuroanatomy and neuroradiology. I had worked in a neuroanatomy laboratory at uh, the NASA labs uh, here in Moffett Field, close by San Francisco, and um, so I decided then to pursue neuroradiology, and I did my training here at UCSF following my residency, uh, and a job opened up, and I stayed here and have been here ever since. So really, it's been my only position. I worked at the Veterans Hospital nearby for three years and then moved over to UCSF um, main campus, I guess, in 1986. So I've been here ever since, and... Uh, have had the privilege and honor of working here and also of watching neuroradiology mature through various uh, modalities that, as they've come along. And uh, I was very, very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. You sort of grew up around San Francisco and you sort of come home in a way, I guess, to to, to settle as yes. well. That's, that's, that's terrific. Um, Bavia, now... Uh, you're the uh, you're the founder of Rise, and again we'll come to that in a in a moment. That's the real time international student education platform. Um, you're an assistant professor in radiology at UCSF, and you have extensive experience in global health projects addressing health inadequacies all around the world, uh, including Africa, Asia, and India. Travelling around, I guess you've probably become familiar with many forms of health IT. Um, things like group based and mobile health solutions, things like that. Uh, Tell me, how did you get involved in medicine? What got you to this point? Um, so um, I grew up in India, and then um, while growing up, you know, I saw the health 
you know, inadequacies. And I wanted to kind of address that with innovation. And um, so I was thinking about it during high school. And then um, I, I always knew I had to be a doctor. Um, was confused between like neurology and neuroradiology. And then uh, during medical school, um, it became more clear that I liked the technology and the imaging. So I decided to go for uh, neuroradiology. Um, and then uh, during my residency in radiology, uh, neuroradiology was one which kind of excited me the most. And um, But throughout, I just wanted to kind of give back because I had seen uh, the pain in the developing world. And I knew there was some solution which we just had to create and somebody had to create that. Um, then I did my fellowship in Boston at MGH and I finished in 2004 and then moved to the Bay Area um, uh, in 2014 actually, <laughs> so two years back. So, um, and since then I've been at UCSF and uh, I have uh, liked my time here. And, um, uh, and here, you know, we have been working on multiple technological solutions in global health and RiseMed is one of them. And uh, luckily it has uh, done very well. And there are some other technological solutions which we are working on um, to make not just radiology, but just healthcare better around the world. So um, that's a little bit about my background. That's, that's amazing to have sort of experienced uh, firsthand in India, I guess, the, the pain as you describe it, and then want to actively chase a solution for that. That's uh, it's, it's really, really quite inspiring, which really i guess leads us beautifully into the into the rise program which i was talking to you a moment ago before we started the call i very very literally stumbled upon your your beautiful website and i really urge anybody rise med r-i-s-e-m-e-d dot org it is if you're looking it up some stunning stunning photography on this website and the, there's a there's a couple of uh couple of quotes one which really got me hooked uh, it's a nelson mandela quote education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world now rise med appears to be all about uh well I'll let you guys tell me all about it it's about uh, it's a big education platform it's it's in the name real-time ed international student education platform bavia i guess can you tell me a little bit about what the rise med program is and who it's who it's targeted at Sure. So I'll tell you how it all started. So um, when I was in Boston, I was um, training some uh, residents, radiology residents from Africa, and we were looking at some MRI scans. And then they said that, you know, we have an MRI scanner back at our hospital, but we do not have any training how to read MRI scans. And um, actually, the whole continent of Africa has no neuroradiology fellowship training, and they have to travel outside Africa to get trained in neuroradiology. So the first solution, which I thought was, maybe we can start a fellowship program there. And, you know, but practically speaking, it's just not feasible to travel and stay for three years in Africa and try to start the first fellowship and to make sure it runs forever. So then um, we thought about the solution in which, um, and that was that was RiseMed, in which uh, professors and uh, radiologists in U.S. can sit where they are in their own offices and train virtually radiology trainees worldwide, not just Africa. So that's what that was the inspiration behind RiseMed. So basically, RiseMed is a virtual classroom in which, uh, for example, Bill recently gave a lecture to Thailand. Um, he gave a very famous lecture on intracranial 
hypotension and it's a very it's a it's a topic which requires a lot of expertise and he has a lot of expertise and he's a well-known expert for that so he gave a lecture here and then um, the residents in uh, Thailand could listen to him so it, there was like live audio and video transmission bilaterally and they could participate and you, they could also ask questions um, if they had any problems, which is actually interesting because most of the educational technologies right now focus on recorded lectures. And, and the problem is, like, th- there is a big knowledge gap in different countries and difference in understanding. And, you know, having a virtual lecture means that, you know, they can actually interrupt you and they can ask you questions or they can actually say, oh, we don't do this in our country. And so the two-way audio-video communication about this uh, platform is very novel um, because it allows participation bilaterally. Um, so that so so Rizmet is basically a virtual uh, classroom with two-way two-way audio-video communication. Right now, we are focusing on radiology trainee, trainees, and as Bill said, we are in um, Africa, in Kenya, and in Thailand. And the aim is to expand it to um, other countries yeah, too. So when when the students are Oh, not say students. I guess you guys, you guys teaching. You have students at the other end. I guess it's it's a two way street. Is it? Do you have multiple computers at the other end that people can listen into the lectures, or are you going to a classroom sort of a situation with a with a number of people in the room at once when you do the when you do the lectures? Well, so far it's been a classroom setting. So um, much like uh, a, you know a residency program, which would have an 8 a.m. or noon lecture. Um, so it's very, very similar to that. But we're also recording these lectures so that there uh, can be accessed by individuals um, in, you know, in a, in, a, in, in a remote fashion at a time um, to their liking, because, you know, this is around the world. And um, you know, we do have to either get up early or have people get up early. So <laughs> we'd like to have those who couldn't quite get to the lecture be have, have access. Um, but one could envision, you know, this um, uh, as a, a great resource for not only physicians but technologists and healthcare affiliates, uh, health, any healthcare trainee, nurses, what have you, um, in. Both our field as well as other, you know, in addition to our field, uh, other fields, and indeed we've had some uh, non-radiology lectures already, which have which have been uh, uh, recorded, and uh, so I think it's a great potential platform for healthcare education uh, uh, at large. You're not wrong. Look, I can see this being only the the tip of the iceberg i'm looking at a picture of yours from the website of the, the summit of everest everest even it's it's something that's certainly going to going to be huge i can imagine now at, at the moment you've got a a team of uh, by the looks of it around about 13 experts in uh, combined in radiology and global health technology as well as uh, some other international collaborators at the moment i imagine that the team will grow I was, I was going to ask if there was a chance you'd be looking at doing training as well for other professionals within medical imaging or whether this will go as far you do you envision this going as far as as it, as medical training per se well do you think that would even go that far for for um developing countries yeah so um the aim is to expand it to multiple medical specialities outside radiology also. And uh, as Bill said, including technologists, you know, so not just radiologists, but uh, um, technologists. And um, 
And the aim is to expand it to specialties like neurology, internal medicine. And ideally, we would also like to um, those people to benefit who are not even in medicine and who are trying to become healthcare workers at, gra- at grassroots level. So, uh, you know, like um, in those inaccessible areas where there is lack of healthcare and um, medical access, the aim is to train people who can just do routine, you know, blood pressure, heart rate screening, uh, and to train them as just basic uh, healthcare workers. So basically there is a lim- there are limitless possibilities and we are keeping our mind and hearts open for it to expand into as many parts of medicine as we can. Uh, just just blown away by your, your willingness to do this for other countries. I mean, it's obviously not something that you do uh, full-time at this stage. You've got your day jobs, but to be able to fit in this sort of this sort of program is is amazing. How much how much of your t- I mean this must take up a fair chunk of your time at the moment. Um, how do you how do you juggle your day to day work with a program like this? Well, um, Bavia was uh, fortunate and honored to have a grant this year from the Radiology Society of North America that supported. Um, some of uh, this uh, effort and, and some of her time. And uh, uh, I just I just saw the, uh, the the wonderful aspect of this. It's, you know, as an educator, we're, we're obviously interested in um, in improving um, health care, not only in our area in the United States, but also worldwide. And, you know, as a as you mentioned, a former um, uh Officer of the American Society of Neuroradiology, you know that that area that that's that society has been long interested in international education as well. So it was a natural, um, uh, it was a natural uh, link to um, to be involved in this. Um, UCSF, our, our our home institution, has a. Um, uh, a, a global um, aspect to its mission statement in terms of global education. Uh, so um, it, it, you know, it's, it's certainly not our full-time job, but it is um, something that we uh, are passionate about. You've both obviously spent a long time in education, both learning. You, you both at the, at the top of the interview detailed obviously how long it takes to become a doctor to then specialize a long time being students i guess to be able to now help and inspire other people to do similar work to you guys in areas that they just don't have access to it you mentioned how in africa they've got mri scanners but but no way of no way of sort of furthering their training over there to be able to fill that hole it must be amazingly rewarding that the, the feeling that you get from from doing this sort of program. I imagine you would have got it previously from students working within your within your establishment, your faculties there. But being able to help, have you had some feedback from people in developing countries about uh, about the difference that having this available is making for those guys? Yeah, so we track the progress of the uh, program. So there are three ways we do that. One is uh, we do a pre and a post test. So one test is sent 
right before the class and one ascent after the class. And generally, we are seeing about 60% score improvement. Uh, sometimes it's 0% before the class and it improves to 60 to 80%. And sometimes it's 40% before the class and it improves to 100%. So on an average, there's an improvement of test scores by uh, 60%. Um, the second thing which we are doing is feedback. So we they send back feedback by email about how they uh, what they thought about the class and you know if there are any potential improvements. And we are trying to even improve the feedback in a way so that it's very objective. Um, the third thing is website stats. So we have been monitoring the website stats since it was launched in November. And it really uh, hit the roof during RSNA because people were very excited about it. And um, we had about 20,000 people just visit during RSNA uh, week. Um, and after that, it... Um, there has been a sustained website traffic, and this is not just by people in Thailand or Africa, but it's basically around the world. So um, we have we see a continuous, and just like you, you found it us, we found us online. We see people are just very excited about this, and they, they visit the website, and you know they want to know about more about it. So we're using these three metrics to see the success of the program and to see how we can make it better. And till now, um, the especially the test score improvement has been very encouraging. And at the moment, I notice on the on the website again, there's an opportunity for anybody in in America uh, to offer their services and help the team and and provide some more teaching opportunities. Um, is there anything in particular that you're you're looking for, sort of in terms of specific um, holes to fill, or, or are you you open to any sort of suggestion? Yeah, so we started with UCSF because we are very. Uh, uh, fortunate to have like really good radiology teaching here and uh, and the faculty here was excellent in you know volunteering to do this um, but yeah we kept it open and there are and we get emails from multiple institutions throughout not just in US but even in other countries who want to participate in this so uh, we are scaling it very carefully because uh, because we just want to make sure it you know the main mission of the program stays intact and it's you know it scales beautifully so yeah so we have we have kept it open and basically anybody in us or even outside can um, use this to teach people in the developing countries and in the first phase of the program in the curriculum we have some teachers from boston uh, and from dc who will be participating and as i said there are there are many more who would like to participate and uh, we'll be opening it up yeah, completely okay. too can imagine a lot of people wanting to dedicate some time to this cause it, it truly is amazing that it exists I, I still even just talking to you now I'm just amazed to be talking to a couple of people like yourselves with the drive the ambition and the uh, I guess from the from the background that you've told us about the from from coming from those those angles and particularly you Barbie ever sort of having lived firsthand in India and seen what people haven't got I suppose to now being in a position where you have got a lot of things. You can give some time. You can give this uh, this effort to be able to to be able to help in this sort of scale, and and to be able to do it all while you're still doing your day jobs. I I think that you're you're both superheroes, frankly. And I was looking a little minute ago. Wikipedia it sort of describes superheroes as being heroic characters with extraordinary talents, dedicated to a moral goal or protecting the public. Um, it also goes on and it says they often, op they often operate from a state-of-the-art headquarters, um, and it goes on. But, I mean, all of this sort of applies to you guys, really, doesn't it? You probably wear lab coats instead of capes. Um, 
you, you, it seems to be the only point of difference, really. To, to, to <laughs> you're helping the world. No, you, you really it. are. Um, before we wrap up, guys, have you got anything else that you, that you'd like to mention? Well, I just think that um, you know what what Bavia has created here um, with the help of, of many other folks in our IT department, etc., uh, and at UCSF is really um, a, a wonderful. Uh, uh, site because because it you know as Mandela said you know education really is the key to progress and when you think about it um, it's very difficult to fly around the world and educate people and then you're only really touching them for a moment whereas this potentially can uh, revolutionize medical education around the world for those who can't for whatever reason, leave their homes so easily to go to a, a society conference. It's quite expensive, obviously, to fly around the world and to attend these conferences and whatnot. And and then you're only there for a moment in time. And so this really provides a, a platform for sustained education, and, uh, and and we can touch so many more people than than just at a you know a week's conference. So I think it's a phenomenal. Um, Undertaking, I think, will have a huge impact, and uh, will will extend um, this uh, hopefully beyond uh, just radiology to uh, to areas that uh, really are in need uh, and uh, topics that are um, timely for them. So I, I have great hopes for it. Agreed. Look, I, I think it's uh, well. It's still obviously only only in its infancy. It's still only just starting out, but massive, massive road ahead. Um, thank you so much for helping uh, with with my podcast. Thank you very much for helping out the whole world as well with uh, with RiseMed. Um, you know, thank you for, for all your work at, at home throughout the US and and also the developing nations of the world. And if anybody else would like to get in touch um, with you guys, uh, the website does have a contact page. There's there's some frequently asked questions section there uh, there's there's opportunities to to get in touch if you've got any any suggestions for for teaching or uh, if you'd like to learn with uh, the rise program um, get in touch with these guys um, thank you again very much for sparing half an hour to have a chat with me i do really appreciate you, you giving up a, a portion of your day i know you're both busy thank you thank you for having us thank you thank you dan go guys two neuroradiologists making a difference for other radiologists in developing countries where there's a definite need for ongoing training and support through risemed.org can't believe they couldn't name their favorite superheroes at the start of the interview though i reckon probably superman and supergirl i think they were cousins though i imagine that if you're going to be a neuroradiologist you'd probably have something pretty close to x-ray vision, like those guys. Anyway, for me, it's probably the Incredible Hulk, because like Bruce Banner, 
I'm experimenting with gamma radiation daily with my job in nuclear medicine and I'd often wonder what would happen if I got really angry one day. It just hasn't happened yet. Let's hope it doesn't, hey? In the meantime, check out my website at doseofdad.club and I'll chat with you soon. It's time for coffee break now though, so bye for now.